Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your boy. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. It's Zach Amon, host of this podcast. Zach Amon is trash. My guest this week was Ian Maul. It's good to have Ian on. Haven't seen him in a little while. It was nice to catch up. Uh, this episode gets a little political as well. We've been uh, diving quite into politics here lately. It's been a lot of fun. We also dive into the trash bag. Uh, Ian's an interesting guy, and it was cool to have him on. And uh, what else is there? Download Soundstooth, cool app. Get it where apps are at, you know, the stores or the play areas. If you have the the robot, um, get Soundstooth. It has all the local. Uh, <laughs> don't don't laugh. Get Soundstooth. It has all the local podcasts and stuff yeah, in Tulsa yeah. web series. And I know I'm doing a bad job at pitching it. There's no script. Um, but yeah, check it out. It's a lot of fun. You can get this podcast, People Persons Paper Podcast, Digital Intercourse, all kinds, and web series such as Sean's uh, Chef Kingston, Agent Dubsky. There's so much good stuff on there. Check it out. And uh, keep be on the lookout for the podcast that I'm a co-host of called Getting Greasy. It's all about the Trailer Park Boys. It's me, Sean Singleton, and uh, Dustin DeVore. Uh, we watch the Trailer Park Boys and talk about the episode, and it's a lot of fun. And that should be coming out here uh, soon, in the next couple weeks, hopefully. So be on the lookout for that. And as always, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Zach Amon is Trash. I am your trash master, Zach Amon, and sitting with me is the is Mr. Ian Mall. Hello, thanks for having me, Zach. Good, it's good to have you back. It is great. I was just saying, it's uh, it, you're in a new house, new setup. I'm hoping that um, you have me back every time you move. That is a, <laughs> the new marking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of you getting new property. That's the plan. Ian was on uh, way back in the day when we first started this thing, when I just used a little. Uh, recorder <laughs> like just a little bucosa recorder it was funny i had re-listened to that recently and it was snowing and my goal was to try to make that podcast it was the day stan lee died and it had oh, snowed yeah. and so i was trying to i was going to try to mimic and try to see if i could lead this podcast into being exactly the same as the one that i was just on <laughs> but it's 108 out here side so we can't it is it's a lot hotter than what it was the it's first insane. time it's stupid it's real ridiculous. So what's been going on, man? It's been a minute since we've seen each other. Yeah, no. Um, it has been good. Uh, things at the paper have been good. I've been uh, hosting trivia a lot locally around town, and we just started a new mic that I'm running at the Tulsa Press Club. Oh, yeah. Uh, happens every second or third Thursday, depending on their schedule. Kind of the, um, We're trying to get it more consistent, but you know they have other venues and st- they have other um, things that they do there, and yeah. um, it's been a great thing. I was... Never been more nervous for anything yeah. involving comedy because the paper had come up to me and said, hey, would you run this? And I kind of know what's going into uh, running a mic a little bit. And it really does. We're hitting a nice little parody of yeah. um, where the venue's happy, the performers are happy, and the guests seem pretty happy, which is 
being a natural pessimist, I'm like, this is going to <laughs> fail sometime. Yeah. But it doesn't look like it is. They keep having us back. We keep having good shows. Nice. Uh, we've got one of this coming Thursday, the 22nd. Uh, it's Mackenzie Bryan, Sandra Slade, and um, Cam, uh, Cam Porter. Oh, that's uh, a good yeah. lineup. That's, that's a, a great lineup. lineup yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. So you work with the news and stuff. So yeah. things have been pretty busy lately. Yeah, I mean, the state flooded. Yeah. Uh, that was a huge... I think that was just one of the strangest things I've ever... Dude, we were seen. under a mandatory... Ev- or not mandatory, but like uh, volunteer yeah. evacuation here. It's It was crazy. I have covered natural disasters before. I had never covered a natural disaster that just kind of sat there. Because like with a tornado or a fire, it happens and then you're done. Yeah. Like, hey, here's the damage. Let's assess what we can do. But this was just every day waking up and being like, what is being affected? Things are still underwater. Yeah. And you don't know. And the thing with floods, we've been... Covering a lot of the cleanup in different areas and stuff. Um, it's that floods leave you with so much hope. Because you see the house from the outside and you think, oh, it's fine. Yeah. And then when you go in there, it just destroys everything. Yeah. But it leaves like this skeleton of a house. So you like have that weird sense of hope of possibly like, maybe we can save this. But you can't. I mean, yeah. if it's... I mean, some of the houses in Charles Page were sitting underwater for four to five days. Some of the houses closer to the Arkansas... Um, in other parts like Fort Gibson and uh, Muskogee and a uh, small town called Weber's, they sat under for about 14, 15 days. Yeah. I mean, it just is completely uh, destroyed. We've heard stories of people that just are tearing down their houses or just not even opening them. They're just like, you know what? Like, I was planning to retire in two or three years anyways. This is just a sign that's saying to retire sooner and getting the hell out of there. Yeah. Um, I mean, the people are still dealing with it. It's going to be an issue. I mean, people are going to be cleaning up from this for at least a year and a half if not longer oh yeah and like the whole casino was under for a while like it was... i don't feel bad for them yeah no but because you built it next to a river yeah <laughs> and did not take the proper and i know they said they had on a hundred year flood plan and stuff but you're right next to a river yeah like if you're not going above and beyond uh precautions and everything um when you have that much money and you're building that kind of infrastructure that was one of those things i was like really um yeah, that was insane. They lost a whole bunch of money because supposedly um, they just, like, when they had to evacuate, they, they lost power. Yeah. So that means all their food spoiled. If that water touched anything that they were going to serve as in food or, or, like, food or even stuff that was bottled, like liquor and stuff, they have to throw that away because yeah. of how nasty. I think that's something else, too, is that flood water is just nasty. It's gross, yeah. I mean, it's, it's flooding like... septic systems and stuff. And so I essentially yeah. spent two weeks walking around, like, poop water. Ugh. Every day I'd get home and I would have to throw my stuff straight into the washing machine, and then I had a bottle of rubbing alcohol and water that I would like just rub my feet and legs down with that I was exposed to. It just yeah, get, yeah it was not fun. That is that sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah, it, that was um that was pretty wild. That was a pretty wild time. Like it's um it definitely could have been a lot worse, but it was still pretty bad. I think yeah, there's some. So we had those tornadoes that formed over like Sepulpa and stuff, and I was watching that during that storm, and, you know, working in the news, I was texting somebody, another photographer at the paper, and we both were kind of in this mindset of, like, all right, tomorrow we're going to have to have a really shitty day. We're going to have to cover people. Like, because a tornado was forming over a super populous town, like, right mm-hmm. here, if I'm not mistaken, um, where we are recording and stuff, and I thought, oh, my God, this is going to kill hundreds of people. Yeah. And then we, the next day you wake up and you're like, nope. Yeah. It, like, damaged some houses, a couple people got hurt. Um, a baseball field in Broken Arrow got ripped apart, and it's insane. I mean, even the tornado that happened in El Reno, it hit a crowded motel and two people died. Yeah. Which is just like, it's a shame, it's it's terrible that those two people died, but I, it's just one of those things when you look at the damage, like, how is everyone not, 
how did everyone just not like get torn to pieces yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's um tornadoes are weird they're interesting yeah someone described it the best which is a tornado is like writing a, is like someone writing a letter where it will lift up and down like a pen on a piece of paper kind of thing yeah um and i'm from illinois i've never experienced that yeah i so like tornadoes still like flooding and everything else i'm kind of okay with tornadoes are still uh the ones that get me a little freaked out because i just i've like i don't have that institutional knowledge i don't have the growing up with it everything else i'm kind of like yeah like when it gets cold here that doesn't freak me out yeah um but tornadoes i still get a little like oh shit. well see that's why you should be that way you yeah. should be oh shit about tornadoes because the problem with oklahomans yeah. is we're not we're like tornado let's go outside and like, yeah we go what like Fucking, I saw one a couple years ago in Claremore. The one, there was one that hit, like, Vertigris Claremore right yeah. there. I saw that one. And I was like, oh, I should probably go hide. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that is something that when I try to talk to my, like, bosses, and uh, a lot of people in the paper are born and bred Okie. Yeah. So when I talk to them, I'm like, hey, should I be worried about this? And I'm like, nah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm they seem like the people that a tornado could be knocking at their front door, and they yeah. s- just still say, like, just a minute. Like, yeah. I don't, I want to finish this Netflix show, and then yeah. I'll go. It ain't yeah. that bad. Exactly. Yeah. They're like I, a- to be honest, a lot of that with flooding, too, there was a lot of people that were just like, we didn't think it was going to get that bad. I think that's just human survival tech where you're just like, I hope things aren't going to get that bad. Yeah. But I mean, when it does, it's just insane how some people, either one survivor, two, yeah. can just find a way to be optimistic. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we should apply that mentality of the oh it'll never happen to me we should change that to oh it could happen to me yeah and i feel like that would start to move uh certain things along in this country yes uh (laughs) we should plan for disasters like planning an open mic which is um you hope that nobody goes up there and says the n-word uh 40 times in two minutes but you should be prepared to cut the sound system oh yeah if somebody does that yeah says some we have so sean and singleton and i host the vfw yeah and there's been a guy that comes around who goes by the name Motherfucker Jones. You know, the best thing is is when you have comedians that already have aliases. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially aliases that come from a, a movie, yeah. which is good. Uh, yeah, so he comes around and just says some of the worst shit. And uh, yeah. we're hoping we've ran him off for good now. But it's just so hard because you want that. I understand like you want the, the ideas to come through and you want that to be yeah. natural, but... At the same time, too, you know when you look at that sign-up list and you see Motherfucker Jones signed up, you're like, there's no way this ends well. Yeah. There's we, no uh, way someone gets off and goes, wow, what a poignant take. Yeah. No, we uh, we started doing this thing to where we put them... So he has, like, this little girlfriend, too, that's just as bad. No, I will say she tries. Like, she does write material. Yeah. It's just not good. But, like, we'll, we started doing this thing where we put them up first before, because usually Sean and I or I will yeah. start the show, mm-hmm. but we'll put them up before us. Yeah. And then we'll come on and be like, okay, we're starting the show now. Yeah. And then. Uh, Have they caught on? They, yeah, they're sort of getting it, but last week or the week before, they didn't come in time by the time we started the show. Yeah. And I was like, fuck them. Yeah. We're not putting them up. And then we just went on with the show. You're, yeah. I mean, that's so hard, too. And, I mean,. You don't want to pay police, but when I was in college, the Zanies, and I don't know if this is a club-wide thing, but there's a Zanies in Nashville, and they used to have a policy that was if you went up and you bombed twice, or if you did like inappropriate stuff, right, um, you would be banned from mics for two months. Yeah. But what they would do is they would offer, if you keep coming to shows and stuff, they would offer some of the club comics and some of the people who ran the club and stuff would help you write. 
So that was a really cool idea yeah. of like, hey, I'm not saying you have to do that, but I like that idea of, especially with bombing, which is like, if you want to do this and you don't yeah. know how, we'll teach you. But if somebody's going up there and it's just saying misogynistic or racist oh, yeah. that's stuff. What, that's what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not going to learn from that. There's like, I'm no all for helping people like write and shit. Like, yeah. they, you know, people bomb. I bomb all the time. Yeah. But it's like, he just goes up and just says heinous things. Just like horrible, awful, shitty, terrible things. Does she have an alias? She goes by like Mrs. Jones. Ooh, like they're dude. It's a weird like they're married, they're dating, but they're not dating. Yeah. He like proposed to another lady one night at Mike. Like it's a weird. Fu- he's just a fucking weird. Dude. So he's the next guest on this podcast. Ah, uh, never. No, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I would never have this man, that um, man on here, motherfucker Jones. If you are listening, we're sorry if we're besmirching. But sounds like your name's not. Yeah, is okay to besmirch. So he's not listening. He yeah. doesn't. He's a lake person. He's just <laughs> sitting at the bottom of the lake right now, just like hibernating there's there's so many like people that are offended like how dare you lump me into it well he is one of many it's like yeah no it's straight up like that song um oh what is that it's that kid rock song uh that's his aunt the summertime or oh the one where he mixes sweet home alabama with uh werewolves of london London. yeah yeah that's like uh that dude's theme song i had a friend (laughs) in college or in high school his name's matt fitzpatrick he was obsessed with the song magic carpet ride by steppenwolf (laughs) and he was so obsessed that he made a cd that was just uh, magic carpet ride 15 times in a row oh my god but he would live in his car constantly and it would be and his volume would mostly be turned down. Yeah. But what happened is if we're having a conversation, he would just slowly turn up the radio. <laughs> and no matter what, this, uh, Magic Carpet Ride is playing yeah. in the middle of it. And it was, he did this for like two years. It was one of the best long going jokes I've ever heard. Because friends funny. would be just be like, hey, what do you want to go to eat? And he just slowly in the background is like, you don't know what. And I'm just like, oh, God. So, yeah. You're like, please. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, but what a just a garbage human being. Yeah, and that's the thing about those with comedy and stuff. I run since I've been doing it, I run into people that are like, oh, I want to try. Yeah. Oh, I, I think I'm funny. Oh, I want to do this, and I always tell them like, go up there and like, I'm, yeah, give I'm, it a shot. Give it a shot. But I'm just also letting you know that like, if the only comedy you've ever experienced is what you see on like Netflix specials and even Comedy Central specials and stuff, you have to remember that if you're doing one 30 minute spot on a Comedy Central, those are guys who've been doing it minimum yeah. at a professional level for four, two to three years. Yeah. And if you're gonna go up there and you think, oh, I'm gonna everything's gonna hit and laugh, it's not. I just did a show at the Starlight, and uh, I got off stage and people were like, oh, you did pretty well. But on stage, it doesn't sound like that. Yeah. Um. And then even like there's been times where I've come off stage and be like, oh my god, I did great. And FIP would be like, tough show, huh? And I was yeah. like, oh my god, really? I thought I did a nice job. It all like, and that's the thing is you have to be able to know that feeling. You have to go in there with the exception of like I could be completely embarrassed, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, that's something that like before I even like when I was first thinking about starting comedy was something I'd always heard from like listening to comedy podcasts. It's like you're just gonna bomb, and you just gotta accept it. Yeah, and so that's what I've kind of like. I I don't mind. It's good every it's, once in a while. No, I mean, it's just like any other... I'm a big sports guy. It's just like any other like exercise or drill or game. If you're, you're going to have yeah. a bad game. You're going to have a bad set. You're gonna, but you like you need to learn from that and grow. And the thing I hate to see the most is if you see a comic who's struggling with an idea and he's not really getting it, and um, they then uh, maybe two or three times they try it out yeah. and it's not hitting, and then they automatically go back to what their tried and true is and they go back to that same five minutes that you've heard for like a past year and a half two yeah. years it's like no offense man i'd rather see your fucking bomb than listen to the same joke you have about you know eating a turkey sandwich or riding yeah. a bus yeah yeah I mean, 
Yeah, I try to usually run a joke like for a solid two to three, almost four weeks sometimes, depending on how I want it. Yeah, to you be. don't know where it's gonna hit. You don't yeah. know if you're finding it. Uh, Chris Rock had a great. Uh, example of this which is he was banning cell phones from his shows and everyone was making this big huff about it and his thing was like comedy is one of the few art forms where i show you an unfinished product yeah and i'm finishing it on stage like prince would never put a song out go and then kind of thing so. yeah yeah and that yeah like when louis ck got in all that trouble it's like well that person really shouldn't have been filming in the club to begin with yeah recording like and it's tough too because if you are talking about things that are like race based and Louis C.K. has a whole, a whole um, handful of problems. Oh but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That is kind of weird. Which is if you catch something out of context, if you do catch yeah. something um, that you're trying to develop and you're trying to make more poignant. Comedy is one of those things, and I can tell you right now, there's a lot of people that I know that will come and see me, and they're like, "Hey, I'm going to film you," and I'm like, "Please don't," because I don't yeah. know where this set's going. Or, yeah, <laughs> um, and I don't know how I'm going to do, and I don't need that out there. It's been a weird thing working for a media organization and doing stand up. When the Tulsa World came and contacted me, I had to have a conversation with them. They yeah. said, "You're hiring me as a comedian, not as a photojournalist." Um, yeah. So if I say something that is maybe not uh, aligned, and I don't think I have anything terribly radical, but if I tell like a sex story about me smoking pot or something, yeah. I don't need this to come back and bite me. So yeah. like I sat down and I talked with them about that. Like I'm fine with doing this, but I ne- we need to have some trust in this that you're yeah. going to trust me to do this right, and I'm not going to get in trouble, and I don't have to. And at the same time, I said I'm going to be bringing comedians that will be talking about sex and drugs yeah. and race and you know their sexuality and things i need to make sure that i'm putting them in a safe space yeah that they don't because it is an older crowd that we're running at this mic um and so i think a lot of people it's weird to talk about sex when someone looks like your dad in the crowd it is i mean like it's so it's weird you know like literally my bosses were in the crowd one time and i, I was, thrive off that kind of you stuff. do see I, do. I get so nervous i like it i like especially like if like I like my dad or my parents are in the audience i like to lay into it more oh, <laughs> no, see. to me it's about it's funny to me to just like make them be like, oh, okay, I'm a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Cause like being uncomfortable elicits you to giggle sometimes. Exactly. You know, you, you, it's good to be uncomfortable yeah. from time to time. But I will say this too. There's, I think that sometimes in this culture, we coddle a little too much and we get a little too worried. Like, Ooh, yeah. I don't know if I could tell that joke. Say the joke, but at the same time, understand that if a joke is not going to hit right, that like it is the audience's right to get offended. And it's yeah. the audience's. I really hate when comedians are like, well, you don't get it. It's like, well, no, your job is for me to get yeah, it. Yeah, or like, oh, well, that didn't work. And it's yeah. like, you can definitely use the, oh, well, that didn't work in your favor and like yeah. turn a crowd, but... It's also like, don't admit that it didn't work. Just yeah. do just do the joke and move on. It's like, I've done a ton of jokes that don't work. <laughs> yeah. Like, You just got to keep going with it. Yeah, and but also like do the joke and then understand if you're doing a joke about a risky subject, you might elicit some reaction that you're not the most comfortable with. And yeah. can you handle that? Yeah. Dave Chappelle just did a great special. He had a, um, he had a couple specials for Netflix. And in one of them, he talked about having sex with a trans person. Um, and how it w- he was freaked out, and he had said some things that uh, a lot of people uh, in the trans community and, uh, and supporters were upset about. And then he came back in his next show, and he was like, you know, I'm not, def- not going to take back what I said, because all that came from a place of fear when I was young. Yeah. And I, don't, I didn't know how to process these emotions and yeah. process what I was saying. So what I was saying was very honest, but at the same time, I know it's not right. 
but like this is honest and I'd rather be honest. And it was a very interesting way to attack that, which is not like, oh, I didn't mean what I said, which was, no, I, I meant what I said, but I also knew that this came from a fear that I don't know where this is coming from and I need to work on that place more. Yeah, it's this idea that anything that someone says that I don't agree with, is it ha- it's malicious. And it's like, no, it's not. It's like not everyone's going to agree with what you say. Yeah. And it's like as long as it's not coming out of a place of hate, like everybody has, you know, differing opinions on things. Yeah, yeah and that's I, I always think it's interesting when we with movies and with pop culture if something comes out that's a little controversial and people were like well i'm not offended by this yeah and so i was so uh i've gotten i have everyone in my family has tattoos and my uh siblings want to get a tattoo together and my i come from a navy family and my sister is like we should get anchors right because my sister was in the navy my dad was in the navy my brother's currently in the navy and my mom worked with the navy a lot as a contractor and I said, well, I've never been in the Navy, so I don't think I don't feel comfortable getting an anchor tattoo. And she's like, well, no, 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 it's cool. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, that's not your like. You don't get to tell me that I'm comfortable. With yeah, the tattoo. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I talked to my brother, and my brother was like, I wouldn't feel comfortable with you getting an anchor tattoo because you didn't serve in the military. And I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't feel comfortable because I didn't serve. But it's funny because my sister was very much like, well, I'm not offended, therefore it's okay. It's like, well, you're one of a many. That yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everybody gets offended by little, you know, certain things. Yeah. You know, tiny things. It seems like we're getting more and more offended by littler and littler things here lately. But it's also like those are the only people we're focusing on. It's like yeah. in a majority, it's like not really everybody's offended by everything. Yeah. It's, it's just the people that are, we're locking in on. Yeah, the whole cancel culture kind yeah. of thing is very interesting. Um, yeah. I think it's funny that with cancel culture, we'll look at some things and what people are giving a pass and what people and other people aren't. Um, it's just a very strange yeah. Um, strange. I never thought we'd get to this, but I think this comes from this just the selectivity that our that especially our generation's grown up with. I mean, we literally have four streaming services that yeah. have all the show. You can watch shows that haven't been on the air for thirty years. You can watch yeah. any episode you want right away. So why shouldn't people act the way I want them to? Why shouldn't you know the people that you idolize too and my heroes? Yeah. Why aren't they doing these things the way I want them? To? Yeah. It's a weird time. We live in a strange time. Exactly. We'll look at it through this right now. We're gonna go into the current events. Check. Sorry, I'm drinking a beer, so I got all these hiccups. Oh, that's fine. Oh, man, what's going on here? Why some people fear new a new era of lynchings. Man, we're really just, for a comedy podcast, we're really just... just we're diving down. in. We're diving in, yeah. yeah. Um, no, that has been crazy, just um, working in news and just seeing people that you see. Just this very bubbling of white supremacy that you're seeing around the country and you're seeing yeah. a lot of these people trying to justify it and it is a very thing because you do bring up this weird thing where you're like well everyone has a different opinion everyone should be nice but i think we can all agree there's something well, no not sh- everybody should be nice like yeah. there are people that you let there i'm a firm believer that's like yes be nice but also understand that there are people who deserve to be put down yeah so like <laughs> the best way i can describe it is this um in our country under the first amendment you have every right to be a nazi yeah uh, also, under the First Amendment, I have every right to fucking hate you. Yeah. Um, and if you get punched for wearing a Nazi shirt, that's like. You deserve it. Well, yeah, like that is the. You put that on, you're like, this is my yeah. belief. You, what you're saying is that my belief is stronger and yeah. it is worth getting punched. Yeah. And it's There's worth a the, whole um, Pablo Francisco special called They Put It Out There, and he does yeah. a whole bit where, like, he makes a joke. 
And he's like, I only make that joke because they put it out there. Like yeah. he's like, if you're gonna put it out there, you're gonna get made fun of for it. Yeah, it's um, and it, it's, I think what's scarier is we're finding a lot more people who have those mentalities and are smart enough not to put it out there. Yeah, and it's those the complaint. It's what I you know, not complacency, but what I like to call the closeted racist. Yeah, the person who won't freak out on people in Walmart, but will go home and just be like these. Blah, and just or go even off, you know? or even like the movie Get Out, which is the, there's a lot of these elite people, yeah. people who are from an upper middle class that believe they're quote unquote woke and they're with the progress. And then the more you talk to them, they realize no, like they think that it's a that this you know that the rights of minorities is a charity thing, and it's yeah. not a charity thing. No, and then you realize that it's even a worse problem. Um, yeah, it's just it's weird how many times I've photographed people. I just went to a um, workshop in Denver, and we had the big. Sp- uh, it's called the image deconstructed and I absolutely adore this uh, this um, this uh, workshop it's one of the few places that really focuses on like not just how to take a good photo um, how to like why are you taking a photo and those yeah. thoughts behind it and the big thing about this was representation and photo and a lot of people don't really understand photography has its roots deeply in colonialism and white power people mm-hmm. were going to other parts of the world and using photography as a way to document you know quote-unquote savages in new guinea and in different parts of central america and photographing you know using it for slaves and using it for advertisement and things yeah. like that um and it has its root in that and that hasn't changed i mean when kodak made film in the 19 made colored film in the 1950s and 60s um Kodachrome film is a high standard of film in the community in the film community if you look at the science behind it it does not process black skin well because yeah. that was not what their thought was. They can process white skin beautifully, but it does not process black skin well. Yeah. And that's led to like the movie industry about how ba- black people are lit in movies and stuff. And there's all these underlying systemic things that people... when And the thing that gets me mad is when people are like, I don't understand why minorities are upset. And my thing is, if you've been constantly served second and third hand-me-downs your yeah, entire see, life... Yeah, that's my thing. Like, I don't you have the right to be, why can't I be the first in line? Why am I not even getting a chance? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how people don't understand that, that they're, like, they don't get that, like, m- like, the people that don't really realize that, like, minorities are treated poorly, you know? They're not treated well in this country. I think a lot of people, especially when it comes to the ideas of, like, terms with, like, white privilege and things like that, they look at it as, as like, I haven't, d- I personally have not done anything bad. I have not been racist. Why am I getting lumped into that? Yeah. And it's unfortunately is um, the people that are saying these things um, didn't have that choice to not be lumped in. Yeah. They, they were all always lumped in, and you're getting a small taste of what it feels like um to have that and again like we go back before it is not your it's you don't get to decide what is offensive or wrong or if this is right behavior or not um because we've done that for a while and it really hasn't worked out for any other besides straight white men yeah um so yeah it's just a strange so like we've seen so many more stories that have been popping up about lynchings hate groups are on the rise i have a friend's sister she works at the southern poverty law center Mm -hmm. that tracks hate groups and the amounts that are just popping up in the amount of small ones and how you know they just had white um nationalist march in portland at a rally today that's still going on yeah there's like antifa's up there's a lot of shit my friend's about to fly to port he's flying to portland right now (laughs) um not for that for a conference we've heard some things where there's been some violence we've heard a lot of things where the city of portland is essentially um are not serving people Mm -hmm. that are part of this group uh hotels are saying they're booked um, Airbnb people are, are saying, oh, no, you're, you know, like, oh, something came up, you can't get it. Um, to the point of even, like, white nationalists are parking to walk to this rally when they're trying to find their car. Local people from Portland are telling them 
like wrong directions. So like yeah. the city of Portland is really taking a, a stance of like fuck this, get this out of our city. We yeah, don't I saw be a part the of this. the Proud Boys are down there right now. Or Which is strange shit. how they got their name. Yeah, if you know that story, it's from the musical Aladdin. Hmm. There's a song that is about. I think it is called Proud Boys, but it's about how um, that they sing. It's about their moms being making their moms proud they're you know or yeah. their moms being proud of their sons and they use it as like a tongue-in-cheek way yeah so that is why they're called the proud boys but uh because nothing's tougher than a disney adapted musical yeah you know fuck those guys yeah i mean and that's the thing is it's it's so easy that you just we live in a world where you think it's so like it is so easy to hate these people and it's so easy to be on the right side and just be like fuck this like it shouldn't be a stance to be anti-nazi like yeah. you shouldn't be like a radical thought it shouldn't be like someone be like oh i'm anti-nazi no one should be like what yeah like it seems like we're in a time where they're like what you're anti-nazi why what it's... did the nazis ever do oh my god so do you watch comedians and cars getting coffee i've i'm on the newest i just watched i'm on the ricky gervais of the newest season i haven't got so that uh yet. he he talks with martin short and they talked to martin short um and they said, what's the funniest you've ever laughed? What's, oh, what's the greatest laugh you've ever gotten? He said, I made Mel Brooks laugh when I was Jiminy Glick. And they said, well, what did you do? And it cuts to the clip. And it's if you are familiar with Jiminy Glick, Martin yeah. Short used to dress up in this fat suit and be this very eccentric kind of I actually think interviewer. I just watched this clip, actually. Yeah. And it's him with Mel Brooks, and Jiminy Glick goes, what's your deal with the Nazis? Yeah. And Mel Brooks just starts to laugh. And he goes, what do you mean, what's my deal? And he goes, what do you have against them? Which is hilarious to think that that would be a question you would ask Mel Brooks who fought in World War II and has written multiple movies particularly like yeah. fuck fascism um and it's crazy that we live in this world where i think most people 85% of people are hey you know i don't believe in this belief and stuff but it is crazy that even at 10% there's enough people that you can look at and they're like well 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 he had some good ideas it's insane right. that we're in this yeah, world yeah and it's like no 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 he didn't <laughs> it's like if his good idea is to wipe out an entire group of people, that's not a good idea. Never has been in the yeah. history of time. I think that I mean all this is stoked from fear. I think a lot of uh, white Americans and white males, especially, are seeing a shift in culture. Yeah, um, and they're afraid that they're going to be left behind. But the thing is, is that if you can just embrace change and understand that not every story we've been the focus of every story in america since we've been an interception yeah. we've been the focus of most of mainstream what we're taught history since you know the 14th century yeah um if we can just allow you know that needle to shift and everybody get more of this we could possibly better the like, i think that's the thing is everyone thinks oh no the world's gonna get worse if this needle shifts this way but i think in that model it's very hard for them to believe what if things get better because then they think oh no these people that looked like me and that i ha hold my identity with are um were not the best and that's yeah. what i've been told my entire life or that's the one thing i can hang on to yeah, yeah that's what i think would help change the country if we would just admit that it's like we've never truly really been a great country there are moments of greatness that we've had yeah but it's like as a whole eh. I, I mean i think that it's tough i mean i think that like we have been a great country, but I think we need to understand that we've been a great country while doing a lot of atrocious things. Yeah. And that to understand that, like, just because we address those atrocious things doesn't mean we're still not great and still not able to be great. Yeah, it's like, it's okay to address the shitty things we've done in our past. It's yeah. important, so that way we know not to do this shit again. Yeah. So, I think that's what, and to tie it back to the comedy thing, I think that's what gets me a little freaked out. There's a movie by Taika Waititi coming out called Jojo Rabbit. Oh, yeah, and he plays Hitler. He plays Hitler, and there's this really weird argument that's going on 
which is two things, which is one, should this film really be out with the rise of white, white nationalism and um, fascist movements? Because one could make the argument that if you make fun of this, it becomes less threatening. Yeah. So if there's a movie that's pointing off, that's making Hitler seem like some cheeky little scamp, um, you lose the weight of what he actually did. The other argument, though, is if we keep addressing this thing in, in, in people's voices, because this is Taika's voice and everything, um, would it does it make it better? Because we're bringing this to the forefront and we're having these conversations yeah. and we're having these talks. Um, the same thing happened when Inglorious Bastards came out. This idea of like if we comically kind of look at the Germans as this kind of thing, and they, I don't think they really made fun of them, um, but they 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 obviously were kind of a comical because that the way that universe is set up. Yeah, um, it's very strange. But I mean, you know, you have to also there's also the school of thought that like nothing's off limits. So yeah, it's like you know I don't have a you know so I think sometimes humor is more effective in a way when it comes to like stuff like that. Yeah. But I don't know. I think, I mean, I don't know. Tensions are definitely high, especially since the fact that we were like, whoa, who knew white supremacy was still such a thing, (laughs) you know? Like that seemed like, it just seems like there was such a weird shift. I think it wasn't so much as there's been a weird shift. I think those thoughts have been around for so long. And I think that Donald Trump kind of lifted up that rock a little bit. Yeah. And now a lot more of Americans are, because I think that we all were, a lot of people were like, how could this happen? And then when you look at how it happened, you're like, oh, there's a lot of um, people being ignored and hatred that are buying these ideas. And to be honest too, like we're talking about this on a podcast. I'll tell you right now, I did not believe that we'd be talking about white nationalism for 15 minutes on a podcast hey man it's such a it's a big deal right now people get uncomfortable talking about it because they don't want to believe that it exists no it exists it's clear that we've had fucking five six mass shootings due to white supremacy like oh this year alone and i think that's why a lot of people like i can't believe this hasn't happened it's like or that this happening i can't believe this is so prevalent i think it's always been prevalent but i mean i think it just took something for all of us to pay attention yeah well and it also doesn't help that you know the leader of our country is going up and fueling this fire yeah there's that too and you know it's very you know i didn't like the argument when he got elected of people being like not my president because that's not how a presidency works he's unfortunately our president yeah but we if we do not want more like him we need to sit down and we need to understand how this happened how we can change these things and how can we uh, you know as a society change and make sure that people like this get nothing more than a weird bar trivia question i think it comes down to i've been thinking a lot about like rhetoric between right and left and it seems like the you know the right uses a very simple, like, simple rhetoric, you know, these certain types of words that are like fear words. They're, they're a fear-mongering group of people. They yeah. want to make you scared of other groups of people. And it's it, I've wanted to, like, go back and, like, since Trump's been elected, look at how he's used rhetoric and how things have been worded yeah, I to, think like, it's push these thoughts. It's unfortunate, too, because... Um, I don't think that we ever really thought the Republican Party was like no one ever wanted the Republican Party to shift as far right as it has. Yeah, I don't. I think that you know where if it was more centrist and one leaned right and one leaned left, that's kind of the ideal is that. Um, but we are living in a time where yeah, like, and that's the thing that I think is when he was saying these things, everyone was like, oh no, I can't believe like like who would believe this? And I would look on my Facebook. I come from a small farm town in yeah. northern Illinois. Um, and 
I would talk to a friend of the paper, his name is Mark Cooper, and we both were like, I wouldn't be shocked if he pulls this off. Because we both were seeing people that, and it wasn't just everyone, I think a lot of people like to think, oh, it's, you know, the dumb, the dumb redneck from the hills of West Virginia, which is a terrible stereotype in your own right to have. I'm seeing people who went to four-year college institutions. I'm seeing people yeah. who are doctors. I'm seeing yeah. people who are in that you would think past, you know, like are considered quote unquote, uh, higher grades of society and things like that. Yeah. And it's this idea that we don't want a politician in office. And it's like, what else would you, someone want? just brought this up with Elizabeth Warren, how Elizabeth Warren has been trying to do these things, uh, with like ice cream with Warren and, you know, trying to have a lot of these, like sit down and let's just chat. Let's just yeah. chat. And how there's a lot of people, and I support Elizabeth Warren. I think she's easily the best candidate in the field right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. She's the only one that's tough enough. Well, my thing is, is I don't want my president to be fun. Yeah. Because I don't want my boss sometimes to be fun. I want my president to be good. Yeah. And if Elizabeth Warren ran on a policy of, I am, I think I'm, I have the best policies, here are my plans, and I'm boring, then guess what? I liked co- politics a lot more when it was boring. Yeah. Um, I liked when I didn't have to worry about sex scandals and yeah, I liked and like, a lot more. Yeah. When politicians weren't about ratings and more about like doing shit. And I think there's <laughs> always been a sense of that and that the more and the the more um adept to screens and the more information that we can easily get that becomes a thing. The twenty four hour news cycle unfortunately does exist. But um yeah, something with the like that's the thing is so weird is that you see somebody like Elizabeth Warren, like a Hillary Clinton, that maybe they aren't the best um, they were the best candidate. They might not be the best politician. Yeah. Which is they might not be able to like work the room and everything. But I don't know if we needed that. We had George W. Bush, and he. I'm sure George W. Bush is a fun guy to play catch with. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't need him. I don't want my dad to be president. Yeah. I would not vote for my dad. Yeah. To be president, and I love hanging out with my fucking dad. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is I I want someone a little boring. I want the kid in class that I get pissed did extra work to be my president. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, cause they'll do the work to get shit done. Yeah. And they also understand like they are smart and they understand the responsibility that comes with this. So. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm yeah. curious to see where we go in the next couple years. I cannot wait for the next topic. Just, I'm just on pins. And well, the next topic we're going to go into is, uh, well, you know, a lot of shit's uh, gone down. I, I I did three. I did CNN, Fox News, and BBC. I figured yeah. that would be a good. Uh, yeah, I know just recently that uh, Cedric Benson passed away. Yeah, that's a big one. He yeah, had a motorcycle wreck. Peter Fonda f- just passed away. Oh yeah, 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 that's a big one. The guy who uh, the animator for Roger Rabbit and Pink Panther. Oh my also god, died. have you ever heard about the stories for Roger Rabbit? Uh. Uh-uh. That was one of the most expensive films made at the time when they made it because I believe it. They had to hand sell draw all those animation, all yeah. that animation. I don't care what anyone says. Um, Roger Rabbit is they they got an Oscar for I believe it was editing and something else. That film is so influential. That film is so good. Yeah, that film has done so. That film was so ahead of its time uh, with the things that it did. It's the last appearance of Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny on the same screen. Yeah. Um, they had a huge deal where Bugs Bunny had to say the amount of certain lines went Disney and with, um, Warner brothers when they were meeting like, um, it would Daffy and Donald play dueling pianos in that. Yeah. And there's an entire thing where it's like, all right, if Daffy gets to hit Donald with a, with a bowling ball, Donald gets to shoot him with a rocket. And then Disney would be like, a rocket is too intense. What about this? And they had these fights about what each character was allowed to do. And the fact that he was able, they were able to get, like I think it's like four studios. I think it's Disney, Warner Brothers, Tex Avery, and Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. All those characters. 
it's incredible and it's a, i love that film that film holds up and it's crazy that it's based off a book too yeah and the fact that it, you know it has like a solid cast you know it's a great cast yeah um the voice of uh kathleen turner for uh, jessica rabbit which was the name of our trivia team for a while was kathleen turner overdrive nice instead of Bachman turner so you know now we're over at uh and we're on Fox News. I, you know, anytime I see anything about Fox News, I'm just like, what kind of craziness are they going to talk about now? But uh, let's see what's going on. Uh, white woman arrested after holding four black teens fundraising for football team at gunpoint. Yeah, I saw that story. Um, the big narrative coming out of that, too, is supposedly when getting her um, mugshot, she was claiming she was having a medical um, a medical emergency. Um that again too is just I don't understand the idea of I've lived next to a bunch of shady people. Yeah. I've lived next to I've lived next to known people that I know are dealing drugs and doing things. Um there's never been a thought in my mind to be like I'm going to call police for people hanging out. Yeah. That has never crossed my mind and I can't understand living in a world where you have that much unrequited fear yeah. of people that you would just do that. And like the arrogance to think that they're gonna fuck with you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's another thing too. Yeah. There's a joke that I used to that me that I love telling my girlfriend, which is my girlfriend um, is religious and she sometimes will be in a bad mood or just having a shitty day. And she'd be like, "I feel like God's punishing me." And I said, "God, how crazy would that be if God singled you out out of the eight billion yeah. people in the world?" Yeah. But he's like, "I'm gonna fuck with you today." Yeah, it's like today I'm going to ruin. And the way he fucked with you is he like messed up your Panera order and he made yeah. you a flat tire. Like the the man who invented a plague is gonna be like, "Oh, I know how I'll really get with her. I'll make sure that her like <laughs> yeah. I'll make sure that like her Netflix doesn't connect or she yeah. forgets her password to her Hulu." Like all that, I'm yeah. gonna do today is knock out the Wi-Fi. Exactly. That is. It. I'm like, yep. You're, you're telling me that's the master plan. So. Yeah, no, that uh, it's crazy. Waiter allegedly shot dead for being too slow with sandwich. Now this is another thing that's going on here lately: is people getting so mad at something so menial that have they you have to in the shoot someone. Before? Yeah. Yeah. What did you do? I did. I was a cook, and then I also like worked in the front, and then I did like retail. I did yeah. Walmart for a little while. Yeah. Um. This is something my parents told me and my brother and my sister. Uh, before we went to college and we were majoring in whatever we were majoring in, they made us work uh, like a nine to five in a service industry. Because yeah. there's a couple of things where like my mom had known some people and you could, you know, we could have easily been like data entry or something real quick to make money where you don't interact with people. But she made it a point that it's something where we're interacting with people. So my brother worked at a nursery for uh, trees. My sister worked at the country club and I worked at um, a gym and I worked at Six Flags Great America. I worked at Six Flags <laughs> for two years. Wow. Yeah. Um, Six Flags Great America is the park outside of Chicago, um, and it you learn so much. Oh yeah, and I think this entitled I just have never understood the entitlement of I'm simply here, therefore you're here to serve me. And yeah. I get it. Like if you had a restaurant, and if my waiter is being a little rude or something, I might say something to a manager. If I'm like, hey, my waiter was incredibly rude, or my right waiter was this, um, but even then, you'd have to be like. There's been times where waiters have messed up my food completely, and I've been like, ah, oh, you're fine. Yeah. I'm fat. I'll eat whatever you put in front of me. Yeah. I'm a dirty like, pig. You know, and like working in the food industry, when that happens, I'm just like, hey, you know, no big deal. I know, you know, shit goes wrong. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to be, I just doesn't change anything. I'm like, I'm not going to be mad. It's like, I worked in the food industry. I've done the exact same shit. I got bit at Six Flags. I had a kid bite me because he lost the ladder climb game, um, and his dad <laughs> 
wanted to give him another chance. And I said, oh, I can't. You got to pay for another chance. And his dad was getting mad. And I had my arm down. And a kid bit me on my arm. And I was bleeding. And I was like, and you can't swear. You can't get mad. And luckily, a supervisor was around. Because I think the supervisor heard kind of the hubbub yeah. and kind of was coming over. And saw that. And he was like, stepped in. And was like, hey, get off the. It was called stage. There's on stage and backstage. So, Backstage is where the employee you can't see employees. I went back there and I remember. And even then, I got a meeting at Six Flags that was like, "You need to be kinder to customers." Yeah. Like this, a child bit you, but like we didn't like that you said. It's this Damn stupid it. mentality of the customer is always right. It's like no, they're not. Yeah. Never in the history, even if you've worked. Like I had people that would come to Walmart all the time, be like, "Oh well, I used to work here," and I'd be like, "Well, you don't fucking now, so shut the fuck up and move on." I've always we had that at Six Flags all the time, where people would be like, "Yeah, I used to work here." And I'm like, like "Do you understand the- that like a thousand people work here, bro?" Yeah, it's like so. What you want me to treat you differently? Fuck yeah. off! I don't give a shit that you worked here. Like, yeah, I don't give. Well, one also, shit. you understand you used to work here. You should be the one that you should be the nicest dude. Yeah, you should know world. how to do shit. Like, yeah, ugh, it's so fucking annoying, and it's like, you know. I've always said, like, the service industry would be so much better if there were no customers, but yeah. it's like, what are you going to do? But, yeah, I just don't understand those people. And it and it's just because these people are given the tiniest amount of power, and whether it's just someone serving them food, and they let it go to their heads, man, because they're dicks, because they don't have anything to fucking yell at. I run into this constantly with my job, because I'll have to go photograph, like, concerts or festivals and stuff. And if I, like, yesterday I had four assignments back to back to back between 10 a.m. and 4 4 p.m. So I was either driving or fo- taking photos for six straight hours yesterday. And if I go to an event and I can be like, hey, can I park here? It's close. And they'll be like, well, you don't have a pass. And I'm like, hey, I'm with the paper. I'm going to be here for like an hour. Can I quick park here? And there's people who like will get off on being like, no, you can't park here. If I'm at, if I'm at a festival and I'll mm-hmm. photograph something, someone will be like, well, I don't know if you can photograph that person. I'm like, we're in a public space. I can photograph this person. I don't understand why this. And it's not a thing of like, oh, I'm trying to make sure. And they always say this. Oh, you know, I'm trying to run policy. I'm trying to make things safe. I'm like, but you're not. I yeah. know you're not. I understand that like someone gave you a T-shirt that says security on the back or says yeah. volunteer. And you think you can bump me around. Because what happens is, you know, they'll be like, oh, let me talk to a manager. Oh, let me do this. Two, three minutes of me standing with them, they'll always be like, well, I really like taking photos. And I'm like, I used to like taking photos until three yeah, minutes until ago when you, you made my life up. really yeah. hard. And um, it's like, it's just my job. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, too, is like, it's so funny how many times I run into, um, I was just talking to a friend about this. If people understood like what the day-to-day of a journalist was like, I think they'd be a lot more sympathetic yeah. uh, to what we are and the whole idea of like a mainstream media. Because I think a lot of people, one thing journalists make a lot of money. They think they make a lot. And I don't. I make a decent amount. I make enough to cover my ass as a single person. Yeah. But if I had a kid right now, I'd be looking for other work. I'd yeah. be a little terrified about it. And then the second thing is, is I think people, um, they look at like things that like, you know, they think CNN is all of news. And so they think that we're like pampered and, you know, yeah. oh, you're just doing this. And I'm not. Yesterday I spent 10 hours covering an array of different events um on two on friday before i had a show um i had to cover um a jazz musician that was in tulsa i had to cover um a reading program from police i was home i was uh kind of getting ready and uh, my boss called me and said hey police video of an officer involved shooting from june just dropped from the police we need you to come to the office and edit it so i spent two hours watch editing a video um uh, editing a video of a um police involved shooting yeah it's not fun i don't want to do it i understand i have to do it i think if a lot more people are sympathetic and kind of things that we have to see and the things we do and what we're doing um that would be uh this could really help a lot of the narrative we're trying to help society and i understand that a lot of people 
uh, can think that we're using this power to sway a certain narrative and stuff. But, you know, everyone I've worked with is just trying to report facts. And I'm sorry if you don't agree with them, but part of being a grown-up is you sometimes have things you don't like. Yeah. And I feel like there's a, a lot of that, you know, well, well, we don't like hearing that. And it's like, well, you know, sometimes, sorry. yeah, like that's, you know, that's the case. I didn't like hearing that Louis C.K. jerked off in front of a woman. Yeah. But he did. And so as a decent human being... Yeah, I'm not going to fucking support him. Yeah. Bill Cosby doing that to all those women, raping all those women. Uh, it sucks because I love Bill Cosby. But guess what? Um, he's a monster and you have to address that fact. Yeah. And it's like Kevin Spacey. Like he was my favorite actor for a long time. Like I loved Kevin Spacey. And then all of that happened. And I'm just like, God, well, I think so many people think that it's a reflection on themselves, too. That like I, if I like Kevin Spacey, and he did something wrong. I don't want to believe he did something wrong because he is my favorite. Bill yeah. Cosby was my favorite. And it's like, that's fine. I mean, if you go back through history, Jim Jeffries has a great bit of just, he used to have to do a bit that was how famous do I have to be to get away with pedophilia? And because that has been something, there's a process called grooming in the media industry, which is essentially older men seeking out young women, like 11, 12, 13 year old women, and essentially dating them. I mean, Elvis Presley bought the rights to his wife. Yeah. Like bought guardianship. And so they should go on tour with him and stuff. And everyone was like, oh, well, but that Elvis, you can put out good music. And it's like, yo, you can do both. You can be a great musician and a complete asshole. I'm curious as to, like, what this kid wants. That's fine. Let me go. I'm hoping Charlotte's out there. Let me text her and be like, hey. Okay. So do you. All right. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, No, I am. I had a friend named Ethan. Oh, Evan Rollins. And he has one of my favorite bitch bit bits, uh, which is uh, he was talking about how he was at a um, cookout with his grandfather, and he's from Georgia. And his grandfather's like, "Well, the Southern the Confederate flag is about heritage, not hate." And he's like, "Why can't it be both?" Yeah, <laughs> like it can be both things. It can be the heritage that you of a time that maybe you believed in, and your yeah, your family fought for them, and that's great. But it can also be very fucking hateful. It can yeah. be two things. And I think that's the thing that's the problem is we want people to be just one thing and it's hard to understand that like why could they be bad people and it's like they can be and that's what they made might be very talented yeah and it's like it's like that just because they fought for the confederacy doesn't make them bad it's like yeah. no yeah it kind of does they were fighting for the wrong side that's like being like oh just because they fought for the nazis doesn't mean my grandpa was a bad guy and it's like yeah. no yeah no it does that's exactly I mean, what that roman means. polanski makes had be- made some amazing films rosemary's baby is an, an amazing film uh, he also raped a 13-year-old. Yeah. So, like, you know what? Like, yeah, he's good with the camera. It doesn't mean he's a good person. Yeah. Uh, they had this big argument with Pete Rose for for Major League Baseball because he's banned from the Hall of Fame because of gambling. And somebody's a lot of people's arguments is it's the Baseball Hall of Fame, not the Nice Guy Hall of Fame. Yeah. You're going to ban him. Ban Ty Cobb, who um, has admitted to killing three people. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it happens. So. Yeah, it's just, it's a weird, it's weird what we'll, like, let slide but then be like, that's terrible for other people. Yeah, you just don't want that. Yeah, I mean, it's very easy with uh, people you don't like. You can jump on them and pounce on them. But when it's someone you like, you really have to have a sit down and you have to have a talk. Um, yeah. There's a big thing in photojournalism with when the Me Too movement was coming out with a lot of um, older editors and older photographers kind of preying on young women. And, yeah. You know, when I was in college, you'd even hear about like, oh, you like this guy named Bill Frakes. Um, and Bill's an asshole, so I have no problem talking about him. Um you know, hey, Bill Frakes is coming down to shoot the Kentucky Derby, and older 
uh, photo J students would say, like, oh, watch out for him. Yeah. And you just think, like, oh, hardy, har, har kind of thing, and you don't really think of it that much. But as I've gotten older, it, I'm very ashamed of the, some of the stuff that I knew about that I just kind of let slide, and I'm trying to be more evident about it. And I also understand that, like, when these things are happening, there's going to be people that I know that most likely would be run into this. And a, a lot of times they're not going to be black and white. Bill Frakes was had a clash action lawsuit filed against them in his, yeah. like, multiple cases of sexual abuse and uh, discrimination towards women. So it was very easy to be like, oh, yeah. I can hate him. But, you know, there's a lot of things. I think the Aziz Ansari thing was a really great example of here's someone that's really good that runs into a gray area. Because that woman was never like... He didn't really uh, he didn't abuse me or attack me. He just said inappropriate things, right? No, they went on a date and he essentially he moved a little quicker than she wanted to move mm. and didn't read some of those signals. And that is a conversation that I think we as we need to talk to young kids about, which is you're going to have these feelings and you're going to have this how do you you know, how do you get in a situation where you both want to be physically intimate, but it's okay not to, but it's okay yeah. to say, hey, I'm not ready. I'm going to slow down. My mom taught me that at a very young age. She read me, there's a story she made us read, essentially about two friends had been friends forever. They went to college. Uh, they got drunk one night. They hooked up. And then another night they were fooling around and the woman was like, hey, I don't think we should do this. And the guy was like, this is kind of my right to do this. And how, like, like what do you mean you don't want to do this? We're both naked. Yeah. Um, we should be able to do this. And it's, and it was just a kind of a sobering thing because when you read, because when I read that in high school, I'm like, all right, my mom's being crazy. And then when I went to college, the amount of people I would run into either in intimate situations of my own or friends of women or just women who are friends of mine that I would say things to. And they'd be like, I've never had that. I was in college one time and um, we had been out at a party and I brought someone home and we had been, uh, you know, things had been kind of heating up and everything. And I just asked, I said, Hey, is it okay? Like, do you want to have sex? And she said, no one's ever asked me that before. They just yeah. assume. And I was like, that is such a disheartening thing. And I think yeah. that if we were able to be more comfortable talking about these kind of things. Yeah. We have to stop looking at sex as a taboo thing. Yeah. We have to stop looking at it as something that's purely meant for reproduction. It's yeah. like, it's not. Well, I think if we it was, it wouldn't be amazing. I like look at animals. Sorry. Yeah. Keep interrupting you there but it's like you look at animals that just have sexual reproduction it's terrible someone always dies it's <laughs> like with humans we're allowed to have this for pleasure yeah and i think the other thing too is is that i think it should be a safer space where um you shouldn't feel ashamed if you don't know it all yeah like you know um i remember when i was young and i didn't know what a condom was and my brother said it was a piece of plastic you put around your penis to have sex um, and I was so scared to ask him a follow-up question until I was in junior high and I saw a condom. I thought a condom was like a cup you go to the doctor <laughs> for. Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's like you get it like specifically made and everything and you have to tell your doctor yeah. you're having sex and everything. When I realized you can buy it from a gas station, I was like, what? That's what it is. But again, like I wish there was a more healthy way that we can talk yeah, about Yeah, we just need to, you know, we just have to knock away, get rid of abstinence only because it doesn't work yeah. and only, you know, be really honest about it. Like, that's all yeah. you need. Like, the Americans are so weird about honesty. It's like, just be honest about these things. Yeah. And then it's like, teen pregnancy will go down. Like, I will guarantee it. I will put money on it that if we just taught sex education correctly, teen pregnancy would drop significantly. You hear that, U.S. government? Yeah. I'm we have saying, a wager for you. Yeah, no. I have a Yeah, for real. And I think just culturally, too, the idea of... Um, just just being more comfortable to talk about it being the idea like i brought it before i get nervous talking about sex with my parents yeah but i really shouldn't because god knows they've had sex because i'm here yeah and then and it's god like we also you have to talk to especially with men 
you have to be like just because a girl says no that means no like you can't you can't keep going after that you I have think, you can't take it so personal i think you also have to kind of disarm the amount of the idea that sex is some sort of conquest or power thing too. yeah you know that like sex shouldn't sex should be and that's the thing that is always um with me is that sex consensually was the only way that it made sense to me because it was like we both are wanting to do this and having fun. Yeah. I mean, I've drugged people to movies that they don't want to go see that movie and it's no fucking fun for anyone. Yeah. Why would I do that? Yeah. Um, but that's the thing is like, we have to just get it as a way that it's not a conquest. It's not something that you take. It's not something that you earn and makes you a man. Yeah. And we also have to, you know, destroy this whole idea of like, if you do something nice for a lady, she doesn't owe you oh, anything. God, we were just talking about the friend yeah. zone thing. Cause yeah. it's like, it's your choice to yeah. do that. It's not like, you know, she was secretly thinking, oh, I hope yeah. he opens the door for me. It's like, no, you open the door for her thinking that you'd get something in return. It's like, that's never the case. You don't, she doesn't owe you shit. My friend Austin was just talking about this, how the term friend zone when he was in high school used to be like a great way to describe the idea of having like unrequited feelings, which is like, I have a crush on, you know, Samantha, but Samantha doesn't have a crush on me. Yeah. And so what happens? Oh, I'm kind of stuck in this friend zone where like, I like hanging out with her, but like I have unrequited feelings. And I know she won't. And then he's like, yeah. And then as I've grown up, I've realized that friend zone is just uses this thing that's like, oh, fuck this. Like, I'm stuck in this. It's like, no, man, like, that is life sometimes is that you want something. Like, I want to play baseball for the Orioles. I will never play fucking baseball for the Orioles. I'm not going to be like, oh, fuck them. No, that is a me issue, man. Yeah. That is my problem. I would love to go play pro Overwatch, but I suck ass at overwatch like so it's like you know i'll just enjoy it and enjoy what i can play in overwatch so i mean it just it's yeah it's just a weird thing it's something that i would that i wish we could be more comfortable talking about so do i i've always thought it was interesting let's just keep the hits rolling let's go let's go into bbc peter fonda yeah right there it's weird that bbc's reported about it none of these ones did but yeah, Peter Fonda. Uh, well, that happened a couple of days ago, right? Yeah, it was a couple. It was. I thought it was yesterday. Like I thought it was. It might have been yeah. like late Friday, early Saturday yeah. kind of thing. But uh, yeah, so his wife, their Jane Fonda, is still kicking it though. I believe Jane Fonda. She's got a show. Yes. Uh, what else we got going on? Rival. Yeah, we were talking about this. The groups in Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, wild stuff. Roger Rabbit. I saw something. I didn't look into this, but I saw something because this is a space thing, and I love space as much as it terrifies me. I love it. I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by it. But I saw something where like Elon Musk has doubled down on this theory that if we nuked Mars, it would start like a reaction to make Mars livable, because a nuke has like this certain qualities to kind of like start life. Apparently, I don't Yo, know. Yo, fuck Elon Musk. <laughs> I just thought it would be an interesting. No, idea. Elon Musk is so close to being a goddamn supervillain, and it's oh, not even real. funny. Yeah, I hate Elon Musk. Is where before I was like the president. I want the smartest person in the room. Elon Musk is if you gave the smartest person in the room and forged them with Axe body spray, and they think <laughs> that they're fucking. I just cannot stand him because he was the one that made those comments about the tie die the tie soccer team. Right? Did you hear yeah, about Yeah, he called the dude a pedophile. Yeah, because they wouldn't use his fucking robot. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, we're not going to use your untested technology to rescue the lives of 13 yeah. year olds. It's like, test it first, and then maybe we can talk. <laughs> and also, I'll say it. Also, yeah, maybe that dude was a pedophile. If he didn't rape those kids and got them out, then who the fuck cares in that moment? <laughs> yeah. Like uh, we said before. He could be a pedophile, but he could be be really fucking good at crawling into small spaces and rescuing people. Yeah, and getting people. people. I don't need... I'm not going to watch. have him watch my kids. I'm going to sure as fuck have him rescue someone. It's like we're definitely going to keep an eye on him around the children. Yeah, seriously. 
Epstein's death was ruled a suicide. What do you where, what do you what do you think oh, on that one? What do you, you, you you fall on this conspiracy? Oh yeah, I've been following this. Um, I think that um, I think it's a suicide, and a lot of people are saying no, no, no. But this is what I think is, I think it's a suicide, and the conspiracy theory thing makes it great. I'm I'm kind of happy the conspiracy theory is getting word out about a systemic issue that has been going around in politics political circles and high power circles for years which is that you know there is a sex ring and there are trades and there are things like and that and people you know end up dead for no reason exactly and- um but my thing is is until something kind of gets ruled out a little bit more um the man was being charged with some very gruesome shit. Yeah, and he was about to drop the ball on a bunch of powerful people. I could see how the pressure could have gotten to him when he just killed himself. Yeah. I, I, but then also, it's one of those things where if we somehow found out that somebody from a high-acting political yeah. office sent someone in and killed him. See, a lot of people think it's like Clinton's, a lot of Trump, but it's like, it's none of them. It's like, it's, you know, he was CIA, he was FBI. Like, he, there were people that Epstein was involved with that easily easily could have gotten to yeah. him and i think also too like that is i mean he tried to kill himself before yeah that's why i was put on suicide watch you have to imagine that not only are you um a pedophile you are going to go down as potentially if this trial carries out yeah as like one of america's most known pedophiles yeah um, second only to like i don't know yeah maybe like, depending not depending on might how be that trial one. goes yeah. on yeah like yeah. he could so his th- I could see him being like, I don't want to bring my family through this. I don't want to bring anyone else I know through this. Fuck it. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And now everyone's going to be focused on my death and yeah. not about um, maybe that. Yeah, and that's what sucks about this whole thing is that now all those girls that were raped and um, all those people whose lives were affected by this and whose lives are being affected by it now, because just because he's gone doesn't mean this oh, ring's yeah. going away. Someone else is now taking over. Someone mm-hmm. else is running this shit now. Yeah. And it's like... You know, it just sucks. And the, you know, the people's, what amazes me is the people's ability to not just like press this more, to just be like, oh, well, he's dead. Move on. Good. A pedophile's dead. And it's like, yeah, but what you don't realize is that someone is going to take this guy's spot. This ring doesn't go away just because Epstein's dead. Someone else will take over. I think, yeah, it's a lot. Um, It is, yeah, I think that goes back to the thing that I don't think people want to, think that this happens yeah there's they that don't meme wanna... going around of a button that's like if you push this button epstein will um epstein will like expose trump for all this stuff and he goes but if he does the clintons will go down and the next clip is just somebody wearing a democrat hat just pushing that button furiously. yeah because they think that like that is like yeah who cares if clinton was also like if he's a bad person he needs to be caught down with it and stuff yeah and it, like that's something it's like we you know a lot of people think like democrats don't want to go after their own people who do bad things it's like no we do we have we are that's in this political cycle we like to yeah. go after people for stupid things yeah we're like the reason the democrats won't win in 2020 is because they can't work together they just well, I get think it, it goes back to the thing of we want a everyone wants a candidate that's their ideal perfect, yeah. and they can't deal with it being a little bit different. Yeah, and it's like so no. you know, like Elizabeth Warren. Oh, I love her policy, but she's a little shrill. Who the fuck cares? Vote for her. Get her yeah. out of the option. It's the idea of like this isn't a restaurant. Yeah. I don't get to order a hamburger without pickles. My hamburger might have pickles. But if it's between a hamburger and a pile of shit with razors in it, yeah. I think I can deal with pickles for four years. Yeah. 
It's like if you want to get your car fixed and there's a mechanic who's been there for 30 years that's had one incident mm. and then a new mechanic who's never done any mechanic work in his life, but because of this one incident, you're like, I'm going to go to this guy. Yeah. And you're like, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's just insane. I think that that's the thing is that we are nitpicking and where Republicans kind of got their hand kind of got forced by public turnout for Donald Trump because a lot of Republicans like, I don't want to back this guy. And they're like, fuck, now we kind of have to because... He's getting the public support that is, it takes to win the presidency. With Democrats, it's a di- little bit of a, fli- a flippant issue where I think a lot of Democrats do have a one or two candidates they want to support, but public is like, well, I don't like so and so because of this, and I don't like so and so because of that, and it, like really, like they are focusing on such the dumbest. And it's things. little, it's little little things that are sending these people out. Like with yeah. Biden, now, like I will say, Biden's like way around women is a little creepy. Uh, you can't deny that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like people go after, you know, Kamala Harris for her cop record and her prosecution yeah. record and all this stuff. And it's like, OK, yeah, that's fine. But it's like just that's going to happen. Like none of these candidates are going to all do something and that I, you like. I think it's funny that everyone's like, oh, well, you know, Biden had these which his way around women is inappropriate. But like what checked that box long before that was Biden's what? 74. Yeah. I don't want anyone over the age of 70 fucking... If I may yeah. quote John Mulaney, you should not vote for the... Uh, you should not be able to order for the table if you're going to be the first to leave the restaurant. Yeah. Fuck that. I don't want an old person. That's why yeah. I didn't like Bernie Sanders. Yeah. It's I don't need... I, oh, another old white guy is going to be the answer to our problems. Yeah, it's like, no, we need to man. we need to change this up a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, it's there's a, it's a deep... It's a, there's a, it's a tangled fucking mess of chords yeah. over there. I'm just hoping that a candidate gets picked... And somehow the um, the situation we're in right now with the current with with Trump is uh is alleviated in 2020. But if it's not, it's not. You know what I mean? I mean, I, like, yeah. I'm I try to be optimistic about 2020, but I do believe he's going to win t- unless to. something huge happens in between that time. But what, how big does it have to be? I mean, the dude. I, it yeah. has to. It has to be something that completely swings. The his only base. thing I could think of that would really make people switch is if he came out. If they somehow found um, that would turn his base is that if they had some sort of thing where he was gay. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that would make people um, say no. I won't vote for him. Yeah, because he's done everything else. He's done everything else. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing is fear will cause you to do a lot of things, man. Yeah. That's how like addictions get start- started. You have fear of not liking who you are. It's how wars get started, which is fear of our way of life being taken. Yeah, uh, this is right there. This is all of what's being represented by Trump, and unfortunately, the rest of the Republican Party. And I don't think a lot of people are thinking the long run of what he's doing. In the long run, like I was talking with Gary or Draven, someone about this a couple weeks ago. It's like these kids that he's locking up in cages that he's separating from his family. Do you think those kids are gonna grow up being like, man, America's a great place? No, they're going to grow up not liking this country. You're creating people who are going to be eventually against us. And we're going to, one day, America's going to need help and everyone else is going to go, no. I think that's the big problem with American politics is unfortunately the most active group in American voting is, is people over the age of 65. Yeah. They always have been. They most likely always will be. And because of that, if they are voting the most, that is the data and that is the base to get them into power they're going to do these things that are these short-term fixes yeah 
if you were to ask people that were teenagers in the 80s or the 90s, in the 80, in the 70s, there was an oil crisis going on. They would have said, and Jimmy Carter said, we're going to make more fuel-efficient cars. We're going to cut down on carbon emission, things that are not taking up so much gas, which in turn are not producing so many carb- uh, such a large carbon footprint. Um, but what happened is, is um, you get people that are saying, well, how does this affect me right here, right now? I've worked my entire life. Yeah. But the idea is like we have this idea where we've sold the American dream and we're built on a Puritan society that if you work super hard, you will get rewarded sometimes. And it's like it's not working like that anymore. Well, everyone wants that reward to be sooner and sooner. They don't understand that like you have to sacrifice some things, a lot of things. Like I understand that to pay for an education system, my taxes would get higher. Yeah. But would I rather have a place that is safe for my for my kids and my friends, kids, and my family down the road? Absolutely. Do I think that as America, we should strive to have a better education system? Absolutely. Will I see the effects of that? Most likely not. I most likely will not see the effects of this or with anything. But that doesn't, yeah. And it's like, but that doesn't mean it can't be better for those after me. It's like, everybody wants it to be good for me right now. And it's like, you have to think about everybody after you, you know, like my mom always complains to me about not having grandkids. And I'm like, mom, why would I bring kids into this world? It's like, there's no guarantee that they'd get to live a full life in the way we're going. And it's like because your dad and everybody else voted for these guys to not change things. Like, I love the Republican base because they think that these guys are changing things. But it's like they're so against their people. Like, you know how everybody's like, we should house veterans, blah, 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 blah. It's like Republicans are consistently cutting veteran benefits all the time. There's a really interesting book called What's the Matter with Kansas? And the idea was Kansas is one of these states that votes uh, what they call for um, morale. For, they vote for morality reasons, not for systemic or for systematic reasons. Um, so one of the things that they talk about is uh, in Kansas in the, I want to say it was like the late 80s, early 90s, switches from a blue to a red state and they start voting for things that are more focused on things like abortion um uh drug punishment things like that yeah and they're not thinking about systemic things about like funding for education uh infrastructure and stuff like that um and what you happen to see is that at a certain point i believe it was in the early 2000s kansas had rolling blackouts because they couldn't keep their power grids up and yeah and they're like well how did this happen well you look back and you realize oh that there's been regulations have been cut Mm -hmm. by bills and so they can run in a different way and stuff and there's a lot of people who think that they vote for the morality and they don't think of the systemic of things uh, um how that happens it's like the morality of things would change if you fixed the systemic things that are wrong (laughs) it blows my mind how completely simplistic how many problems would solve would be solved if we just invested in education oh my god fucking it blows my mind that nobody i'm like if you would just take five percent of our defense budget and put it into education make college free dude we could go to fucking mars in the next 30 years but no we don't want to do that because it's this mentality of uh oh well i didn't get to have it that way why should they and it's like because you're gonna make things better yeah like i'm all for medicare for everybody medicare should be free that's a right Um, you know it's ridiculous that people are like no i think too something that we kick around a lot too is and it's something that the republican party has done a really nice job with and it's been something that even high class liberals have done a really nice job with which is they sell this idea of like your day will come mm-hmm. like your day will come and so like a big thing is about luxury tax right um luxury tax there's taxes that the obama administration had presented that would be that we would tax tw- you'd be taxed 20 percent if you made over a hundred million dollars yeah which i believe is, is it was some sort of numbers like that 
And there's so many people who are like, well, I'm against that. So, well, how much do you make? I make $35,000 a year. This tax will never affect you. You have yeah. no, But their thing is, what if it will one day? Because a lot of I think politicians sell this idea of hope, and the Republican Party did a really good job of making themselves a blue blood party, yeah. which is I vote Republican because I know that that's rich people's issues, and one day that might affect me. Yeah, it's this. I saw an actually great quote about like why communism never took over, and or socialism and like communism never took over in America. It's because the poor never looked at themselves as exposed like workers. Yeah. They just thought of themselves as like, oh, we're just embarrassed millionaires because we're not there yet. Yeah, and it's like it's impossible to make a million dollars when eight fucking people in the country own all of the money <laughs> that know? is something i think that's a huge thing when there's 10 to 12 billionaires in one country there's no money for the rest of us i th- i mean yeah I've, I've talked to my mom about this um a lot she is works in business and has an economics degree yeah and we've talked about how i believe like there's no rate in my mind that you make that much money and you do it uh, in a morally just way. Yeah. There's no way you make a billion dollars without your hands getting somewhat dirty. Yeah. Bill, Bill and Melinda Gates people. give a lot of money to thought of things. Bill Gates has been famously known for stomping out and crushing smaller tech companies. Yeah. Warren Buffett, well, hitched his wagon to Wells Fargo, which is one of the largest student loan companies and was a big part of this debt. Um, you know, George Kaiser has oil money, which is, then don't, and again, I'm not saying that George Kaiser and Warren Buffett and Bill Gates are inherently bad people, but you have to do something to make that much money. Cause we're not talking about a small amount of money. We're talking about the difference between a million and a billion is one million. There's something that's like 1 million seconds happen in two weeks. 1 billion seconds happens over the course of 32 years. No one in their lifetime could spend $1 billion. If you gave me $1 billion right now. I don't like I would have to think of Scrooge McDuck ways to spend that money yeah. and I bet you I still come up short. Yeah. I would l- legitimately buy animals. I have no business in that. Yeah. Bill Gates could fund education for everybody with just half of his fortune. And I don't <laughs> think it should be the responsibility of one person. I think I think it should be the responsibility of governments to yeah. say, "Listen, you live in a society where you have a lot of rights." We like part of living here is you get this money back. Yeah. And the big argument is, well, if they live here, if if that is the case, they'll leave. Yeah, they'll leave and they go to a place where it doesn't get taxed. And it's like, okay, if that's the risk, but I don't think that that many people would. Yeah, I just don't understand having that much money and being afraid of losing it. Yeah, and it's like, um, uh, yeah, like so, there was some stat with Jeff Bezos, with he owns, I think it's two hundred and fifty eight billion dollars, and I think Jeff Bezos. Um, makes like I think it's something like sixteen hundred dollars a second. Yeah. If I had sixteen hundred dollars right now, my life would drastically improve. Yeah. Just right, like sixteen hundred, which is a a right question on Jeopardy. Yeah. That is how much you can win in double Jeopardy is sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah. It, I just I've never I could never imagine living in a situation where I'm so afraid, um, that having that much money and I don't feel secure. Yeah. And it's like you're secure even if you have if you're a millionaire. Yeah. You're secure. You're set. If you're smart enough, yeah. I mean, I think that they said over the course of a lifetime, the average American would make about a million dollars. If they were into the workforce at 18, you would make about a million dollars. Yeah, but that's over exactly 30, over your lifetime. 40 years Exactly, away. over your lifetime. Um, and it's like, but with the consistent cuts that have come in, it's like, no, it's impossible now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's one of those things, too, where, like, with the, the, there's some of the stories that make me, if I had as much money as, like, Warren Buffett and someone who was embezzling from me, I legit wouldn't care. Yeah. Like, how much are you going to take before I fucking notice? Yeah. 
You take $20 million from me? That's like a fart. Yeah. It's crazy when you look at these contracts. Uh, Mike Trout signed a 10-year, $258 million contract. And everyone's like, this is insane. And then someone's like, you know the guy who owns the Angels is worth $3 billion. Yeah, it's like, I love when people bitch about, like, how much athletes get paid. And it's like, look at the whole system. Like, look at the NBA as a whole and the amount of money it makes. It This is, like, minimum wage for these guys. Also, go watch a a buzzer-beating three-pointer and tell me that doesn't fucking get you rock hard. Yeah. That is worth the money they're making. And it's like, you really want these players to not make this money? Stop buying everything that they endorse. Stop buying Gatorade. Let them do it. Fuck. Yeah. There should be more leagues. They should be like that's the thing is like I don't understand. I've never really understood why when more people when people get theirs, people get upset. And this happens in photo a lot. Um and with comedy too. Somebody gets a someone gets on a mic, someone gets a, you know, we just had blue whale, someone hosts on a show or something. I think there's a lot of people that think like, "Oh fuck, why didn't I get theirs?" instead of asking the question of how do I get mine. Yeah. Um, and in this situation, instead of how do I get mine, is how the hell do we get people from controlling every house in Monopoly except two? Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, and it, you know, you look back in the 50s when they did do the taxing on the rich and how it did work. Like it worked very well and it helped stimulate and keep the economy strong during that and time. And I think that we don't ever want to admit we're wrong. I think it's something that comes up with the Second Amendment is there are things that when policies were drawn, that we could never imagine. Yeah. So the fact that if I went back in time to the 1950s and said one man would own $258 billion, someone would be like, that's the GDP of Germany. Yeah. And there's no way. But with inflation and the way that business works, yeah, someone's going to own that way. Yeah. And I think that it's okay to admit, hey, this isn't the right step. We've done this before. And it's unfortunate. And that's another thing, too, is when people were like, well, I didn't, like, you know, like it wasn't like this back in the day. Well, fucking polio was around back in the day. And yeah. we regulated it and changed that shit. I'm yeah. sorry. That you were lucky enough to be born in a time without polio, but unlucky enough that you have to pay a little bit more tax. Yeah, it's like, you know, just because I, you know, have student loan debt and everything doesn't mean I don't want somebody else to have it. You know? That should be the trade. Yeah. If you don't want to pay your taxes, you should get polio. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'd take polio to not pay taxes. You say that. <laughs> I, don't th- I think that's the thing is we're living in a world where we didn't realize how fucking terrible polio was. No, and even the measles. Like, it's insane that, like, this is happening again. Like, all these people not vaccinating their kids. It's like, how fucking stupid do you have to be? Like, how fucking stupid? Like, why can't we just be honest with these people and be like, no, this isn't a belief. This isn't an opinion. It's stupidity. You know, it's just you being dumb. It's like flat earthers. Like, I honestly believe that flat earthers do not think the earth is flat. They just want to be against something. They want to be an outlier. They want to be that guy that's like, I don't agree with this. And it's like, you know what we do with those people? We ridicule them. We call them stupid because they are. It's like you don't. Some people just deserve to be called dumb. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're being hipster about the completely wrong things. Like, like, don't be hipster about if vaccines work. Be hipster about which... Weezer album's the best. Which yeah, is um, yeah. Be hipster and be like, yeah, no. Uh, I've I don't know. Yeah, I don't know very many Weezer song albums. Or I don't we're know. gonna change that the rest of this podcast. Yeah, this is all gonna be Weezer. You know, no. Um, yeah, I think that it boils down to all the issues we've talked about. Is there's just an innate fear of being wrong, and there's an innate fear of the unknown. And, and it's that, okay to be wrong. And it's okay to yeah. It's okay. I mean, and I can see for certain groups where it it makes sense. Um. You know, if I'm growing up black in America and I don't and I distrust police, I totally get that. Yeah, that has been a systemic thing. But on the flip side, 
Two, the answer we need to be able to have a dialogue where we can is like we need to be able to have a dialogue about the situation as a whole and not a case by case thing. Yeah. Um, and it just be like, how do we both change this? How do we somehow get this person to alleviate fear of the police? How do we get the police to alleviate fear in the republic? Because I'll be honest, I'm a straight white guy. Um, yeah. From an upper middle class family, and I'm afraid of police. Yeah. Because even when I get speeding tickets, I've never been more scared in my life, and I don't know why. Yeah. I know that I'm not threatened or anything. I'm just I know that I'm in a situation. Where that if anything were to happen that was unjust, it it is going to be a long, arduous process, and I will escape with my life. A long, arduous process to get some sort of redemption and uh, yeah. correction in my favor, and I am playing with a deck with a deck heavily stacked in my favor. Yeah, and it's like you know you're not gonna you know police rally behind each other. You know that's why these guys don't take down these bad cops. And by no means someone who works in journalism, I totally understand if they see shit that we don't ever see, and we see shit, and it is traumatic and it is hard, and that is why I've always been a big fan of why isn't there more mental health screening in police? Why isn't there more mental health checks, wellness checks throughout the process? I totally understand that if somebody's been a veteran cop and they've been in a situation and and something happens and they take over, that's fine. But if it leads to the loss of someone innocent's life, they needs to be addressed. That needs to be more addressed as a systemic issue of why aren't we looking at these signs sooner instead of ridiculing all cops are bad. Yeah. We need to make it favorable for people who are in a healthier uh, And it's like not state. all cops are bad because what's going to happen with that mentality is that cops who are good, who do do the job well, are going to be killed just because they're cops. You just want, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is the same with teachers. It's the same. How do we make these jobs that are vitally important to society, which is law enforcement, which is teachers, which are healthcare professionals, how do we get the best of our society and make this the job that they want? Yeah. How do we get the people that are on Wall Street um, that are these geniuses? How do we get people that are doing these private things and starting apps? How do we get them to invest back into a community and say, I want to be a part of this? Yeah. That's the way I've always looked at it. It's an interesting time. It's All gonna right, take a big what's shift. What's next? We got puppies dying next. We no, no, no. We're gonna we're gonna jump into the trash bag. Uh, we're we're doing the uh, this is the trash bag. This is what this is. Is I have people email questions and oh, okay. we ask the we answer the questions. So the first one comes from Chris Carter. I don't know if you know Chris Carter. He's a local comic on the scene. Uh, I know he's a Vikings wide receiver that uh, Randy Moss and one of the greatest offenses to never win a Super Bowl. But yeah. yeah. I yeah. hope it's that Chris Carter. No, that would be weird if I was friends with that Chris that Carter. That would be so dope. I'd be but so he, dope. his question for you is, do you pronounce your last name as Maul, like I was mauled by a bear, yeah. or Maul as in shopping mall? Um, well, Chris, homophones are a cool thing, <laughs> which are words that are spelled different and sound the same. So both... The j- it's spelled as in mauled like a bear with an e. I used to yeah. say yeah, and it was really funny because that was a nickname that me and my brother had in football. Yeah, uh, we would be called that. And then uh, I was I wasn't say I was the most gentle player, but um, I was I was more focused in being funny. I got in trouble during a football game because my first game on varsity, I uh, with the eye black, I drew a cat nose and whiskers on my face, <laughs> and my coach made me dry wipe it off, and then I drew it on again in the first play. I lifted my head up of the defensive tackle across from me and said meow and hit him on the ground and wiped off my face and stuff. And uh, I have really sensitive skin, so my face broke out, So, but it was so worth it. God, it was one of the funniest things. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so this is a question from John Subwayton. Uh, is your last name Maul because you maul people like a bear? 
Jesus Christ, fucking hey, God, get off it. No, my last name's Maul because that's how <laughs> that's how um, names work. My dad's name was Maul. I believe it was changed at Ellis Island. They believe it was an A or something. But my name is Maul because it's Maul. I'm so I can't change that. Yeah, I was um, the only thing I could think of is I was almost named Bruno as a first name. <laughs> oh man, Bruno. My and Maul. mom said she saw my name Ian in a dream, and my middle name's Michael, and my dad's mom was like, I like the name Michael a lot, but I don't like the name Ian. What about Bruno? Bruno seems like a good name. <laughs> um, and I have never been more thankful that my mom said, like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, we're not naming our kids. If Bruno. my name was Bruno, Bruno Mall, especially with Bruno Mars, I'm either doing porn or stri- stripping. Or I'm Listen, the, the way that works is I'm either at the highest of highs or the lowest of lows. There is no in-between. Yeah, you can't do anything with that yeah, name. I'm striking out or hitting a home run. And another question from John Subwayton. Speaking of bears, who would win in a fight between a grizzly bear and your mom? Well, I mean, I'm assuming a grizzly bear. They're, yeah, I mean, they're, they're mecha- huge. They're, they're, they're <laughs> kill- they're, first of all, I am disappointed in the trash bag today. <laughs> um, grizzly bear, um, for sure. And my mom is a fearsome 5'5 five, five Irish woman. She would be fine. Um, but, but a grizzly bear. It's a fucking bear. They're yeah. made to kill things. <laughs> it's designed to kill. They named a fucking verb <laughs> after it, which is mauling, which you guys are all hung up on. Um yeah, no, a bear would win. I know you'd want something better, but... No, yeah. You would think... Yeah, no. Especially if it's like a mama grizzly bear. Yeah. There's no chance. You know, and bears are my favorite animals, too. Because bears are just like fat dogs. Because they maul people? No, they're, <laughs> they're fat dogs that sleep a lot. And they I think do. that's great. It's the great, greatest thing for Americans. It's the greatest uh, representation of America, which is... At our core, we just want to go to bed. Yeah. But when you make us do stuff, we're kind of jerks about it. <laughs> we're just like, oh, fuck, here we go. It's not hard work. It's not. It's like we all are just working for nap time. Yeah. Well, you got any plugs coming up? I know we mentioned one earlier, your press club. Yeah, press club show is going on on the 22nd. We're trying to um, We're gonna be booking that. I believe if everything goes according to plan, uh, you will be on the next one. Yeah, in uh, with, September. With um, Michael Zampino. That is in September. We're trying to lock down that date right now. Um, best thing is to follow the press club and to, um, so for updates on that, you can follow me on Facebook. Uh, we'll try to keep posting in the comedy pages on Tulsa as well. The other thing too, is it is not for members. Everyone thinks that cause it's the press club. Oh, I have to be a member of the media. Absolutely not. They do drink specials. It's $4 beers. It's a great room. Um, it is very great to have a room in which I'm getting freedom to let comics stretch their legs each comic gets about 20 minutes which is nice because i know that us both being performers that's kind of hard to get yeah that much time and it's also nice that a venue is doing that they're paying the comics very well and uh i'm just really happy that nicole marshall uh, from the tulsa world who's the current tulsa press club president uh came over and had this idea it's great um everyone that i've talked to has really enjoyed it and we'd mm-hmm. love to get more people out and for all of you who are thinking oh i don't you know want to go out that late we start at 6 30 we try to get done by 7 uh, our idea was we're trying to get a downtown crowd. We're trying to get people that maybe are a little older or are just busy yeah. during the week. I understand that, you know, we just did a show that started at 9 p.m. A lot. I mean, f- like, fuck, that could like, some people may need to take a nap to go see. That. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm, I understand of getting a show in and um, trying to get it done earlier. And uh, and that is nothing against uh, the other shows and everything. We just understand, too, that like comedy should be for a lot more people. And we're trying to just find a little space. And we found a great little chunk there on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Go check those out. Yeah. Do you have any um, plugs? 
Yeah, I have talk show ink tonight and every Sunday. I think next Sunday we're doing the real roast of Grease. Ooh, we did a um, movie that does not age well. No, we were. I was actually in talk. I had a point about that earlier about um, you know, we were talking about old dudes preying upon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's that whole scene where they do like the dance off. And the Vince, whatever, the host is, like, macking on one of the high school girls. And I'm like, if you think about it, like, yeah, everybody in this movie is probably, like, 30 to 40 years old. But it's like, yeah. but they're playing 16-year-old kids, 18-year-old oh, kids. Oh, no, Olivia Newton-John in that film is, I want to say, young 20s. Okay. Yeah, I mean, she puts out physical two years later. Uh, John Travolta's kind of young. John Travolta, the only actor to be on two of the highest-selling um, soundtracks of all time. Wow. That and Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, the other two are The Bodyguard and um, Titanic. Nice. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, didn't age well. We watched it yesterday because we, ro- we roasted Jurassic Park last month. How did that go? It went pretty well. There were a couple things. We definitely didn't go as hard as we should have. It's a hard, that's a, I was looking at that. I'm like, you picked a real, arguably good movie to try to roast. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think Grease is going to be a lot easier. Just it's a little more campy. Like, it's yeah. campy, and, oh, God, it is just. There's a character that really is advocating for uh, Kaniki during the song. Yeah. Tommy Moore is just like. Did she put up a fight? And it's like, why'd you ask that question? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, it, it's just. Uh, but I will say this: Summer Nights. What a song! Great song. I'm a huge musical fan. <laughs> I love musicals, so I can make fun of Grease, but I'll be their fucking toe. It's like the whole movie is only beloved for "You're the One That I Want." I feel like, like that's the only Wait. time in the movie where you're like, okay, because like if you don't realize that it's a musical, yeah. it just kind of hits you. They yeah. don't like set it up at all that it's going to be a musical. Oh. I don't know, man. We again in football. My coach hated me because uh, he would ha- he'd use the word dynamic a lot. Yeah. So he'd be like, you know, this play is dy- dynamic, and I'd be like, is it automatic? <laughs> Bam! And like, again, I'm playing football in in Northern Illinois, and no one is catching on. I'm like, well, it must be Greece Lightning. I fuck. He hated when I'd make that joke because he used to use. We had a formation, and one of the calls was automatic. Yeah. And so I remember we were playing football, and it was like automatic, automatic, and we were watching film, and you can see my head move, and you can tell the coach was like, "God damn it!" Is he like through his mouth guard saying, "Did you say hydromatic?" Um, God, I was yeah. I, I that is something that I really miss. Is the I mean I know La La Land kind of done it and stuff. Um, the pure music, the movie musical, the original movie musical. I yeah. absolutely adore it. West Side Story is one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen with the way that it's shot, and um, it is great. Um, John Huston, I believe, is the director of that. Only director to direct one film and win Best uh, Director for an, uh, Best Directing an Oscar. Um, and I love, I just like that. I love the movie Hairspray um, yeah. a lot, the original and the remake. Um, I just would love to see more of that. I don't want to see Cats, which is adapted. I'd like to see uh, that more. That looks scary. Yeah, I would like to see more films that's like we have a musical idea f- on film and just see the way it's made. And La La Land, for all of its flaws, is I believe a generally just fun movie to watch. So. Yeah. Uh, any other plugs? I'm on a show um the 18th of September. I don't know. I don't know what it is exactly. I know there's a lot of comics. Where's it at? Guthrie Green, I think. Oh, weird. Yeah, that's kind of cool though. Yeah, there's that's, a, there's a bunch of people on it from what I've heard. So. Th- that is the scariest thing with new. I saw that the VFW just had a mic, which you guys, uh, you yeah. guys just had your yeah, first Yeah, we just feature. did our first winner showcase, yeah. yeah. Um, and I saw there was five comics on it, and I'll be honest, I got a little nervous for uh, it. There were four, and then it was Sean and I did like, so what we did is four comics, they did ten minutes, and that's exactly and then Sean and I to, yeah. did five each. Um, there's nothing that is more scary for me as if I get put on a show, if I see a mic that's like, hey, we're going to have 
you know, for a show, we're going to have eight people performing. I'm like, yeah. no, you don't, don't, I don't want to be a part of this. Please don't make me do this. Yeah. Cause it's just, it's hard. It's, I mean, it's hard to keep someone's attention. Um, a lot of us, I mean, it's hard for a professional to keep an hour of attention. Yeah. You're t- a bunch asking for 10 amateur comics to do that. Myself included with that. It's just not a good success at press cl- at the press club. They wanted to get more comics. And I'm like, if three people do 20 minutes, I'm telling you right now, you're going to feel overwhelmed. And they, yeah. we did that. And they're like, that was perfect. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's how we thought we were like, if we can get them to do 10 minutes each and then Sean and I do five, that's 50 minutes. Get them out in an hour. Boom. Yeah. And we were done. We were under an hour. Like we, cause one of the couple of comics didn't go there full time. So we were like, cool. We were under oh, an hour. Isn't that such a dream? Yeah. That's such a dream. Sometimes, like, you know, because we host the VFW, you know, even 15 comics doing five minutes each can get a little tiring sometimes. No, and that's, yeah, and that's, again, I think that's something where, like, we have to give the audience credit. They're coming to a free show. Um, Keep their attention. How do we leave a positive taste? Um, How do we leave a positive taste in their mouth for them to come back? Yeah, and the idea, I think a lot of it has to do with how you stack comics. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You really want to make sure that you're stacking them in the right order. Yeah. Um, you're putting, you know, I think so and so would be a good opener. I think so and so would be a good um, middle and a good closer. Yeah, I think that is exactly right. Um, there's been a couple of times where I've been on shows and I've been put near the middle back, and they're like, "You're loud," and yeah. so we understand that if the crowd gets kind of antsy, your voice is loud enough that you can kind of reel them back in. Yeah. And even if it's like, like you know, for ten minutes, and then you can that that will help with the headliner and stuff. And which, then, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So no, that's cool. It is insane the amount of um, since I've been here. I've lived here for about four years now. The amount of uh, comedy that's sprung up. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's growing pretty pretty wildly. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, it's fun, you know. I, I I've thoroughly enjoyed my time in this scene. Yeah, it's been great. I wish I could be more active in it, but I've been hosting trivia with Questionable Company Trivia. I host uh, every Monday at New Era. If anybody wants to come over, and nice. Yeah, go check questions. out trivia. There's a lot of trivia that goes on in Tulsa that's that I didn't realize. That's come yeah. Up. yeah, and uh, you know, it un- unfortunately in, it um kind of collides with um the first shop open mic yeah. and stuff. But uh, that's something I've always loved. I've been a big, huge Trevor fan. Um, that always used to be my, uh, that's always has been my show. And I still, I mean, I record episodes and watch yeah. it. So. Yeah. So what else? I have VFW every Wednesday. If you want to come out and try comedy for the first time, sign up to 745 shows at 830. This podcast, I'm on a, I'm co-hosting a new podcast on Mondays now. What's that about? It's called Getting Greasy. I do it with mm-hmm. Sean Singleton and Dustin DeVore. Mm-hmm. And it's about uh, the Trailer Park Boys. We sit down and we uh-huh. watch an episode of the Trailer Park Boys, and then we go talk about it. And we drink and eat snacks during, and it's uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. We're on episode four now, I think. Dustin has talked to me about that because he wanted me on the show, but I've never seen Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> Nothing against Trailer Park Boys. It just happened to be yeah. I was in college at the time. It just didn't hook me when it was. But I'm a big fan of the show Letterkenny, and a lot of people say that that's kind of like a spiritual sister to it. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I haven't watched Letterkenny yet, I but Letterkenny. a lot of my friends have watched it, and all they do is quote it around me, so I'm like, fuck, now i got to watch it. Yeah. Uh, I'm still waiting for somebody to have a Friends podcast. Yeah. Because I hate Friends. Yeah, I don't like Friends But I don't want either. them to know it. So I want them to go on the show and be like, I'll be like, I've got some fucking yeah. things to say. I'll be like, you know what, David Schwimmer, best work, not this show. Yeah. Let me tell you what else he's done. No, I would just be like, hey man, a plot point shouldn't be that uh, Ross's girlfriend is black because that was an episode arc for like five fucking episodes. Yeah, there's a whole episode where Joey's afraid that people will think he's gay. Yeah, no, Friends is. I, I, I just don't know how it made it. Also, I hate perpetuating the myth that three people can own that big of an apartment right that close to Central Park. Yeah, right. No, no way, no way. Bullshit. I mean, well. They it said it was rent controlled. That was the that was the um at the very beginning of like in the se- in like season one, someone's like it was like Monica's aunt or someone owned it and it had become rent controlled. Mm. 
and that is why they could afford that. Um, why they're such terrible people, no one knows. Yeah, no one knows. Yeah. It just seems like everybody enjoys terrible oh, people. Also, um, to add this for plugs as well, I've been reading a book. I said this on Hilton's podcast, but um, I've been reading a book series called 33 and a Third. They are breakdowns of albums, uh-huh. and it has been one of my favorite things I've ever read. Um, I just finished one on Kanye West, my twisted, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. It talks oh, about uh, like, you should you should listen to this podcast I listen to since I'll plug it now called yeah. Dissect, because in Dissect yeah. he listens to hip hop albums mainly, yeah. and he breaks them down. But his second season is all about my beautiful. Dark oh my twisted god, it's fantasy. such a deep fucking album. Oh, it's so good. It's too. so good. My favorite Kanye album I think will always be College Dropout because it's the first album. Yeah, that got and me it's to a rap. good one. Yeah, but my twisted. I mean, it is just such a. So he breaks it down about, and the idea he's looking at it is narcissism in the age of online. Yeah. Um, and then I'm reading one about Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys, which is about like it being one of the first melancholy pop albums. And if you've yeah. never listened to Pet Sounds, um, it's an it's an amazing album. It is insane the production that Brian Wilson put into it. But this has about 180 books in it, um, ranging from everything from Wu Tang Clan, Peter Gabriel, uh, Aretha Franklin. One of my personal favorites, which I never thought would get a good book, and I can't find it, is Andrew WK's "I Get Wet." Yeah. And the entire book is about um, like the essence of partying, because that's what that album is about. And I love Andrew WK. Yeah. Andrew WK is one of my favorite. My dad saw Andrew WK, um, about a month ago and I've never been more proud of my yeah. dad and my dad's done some great shit but he texted me and said I'm gonna go to an Andrew WK concert and I almost cried I was so excited for him <laughs> that's awesome um, now my brother my, my, I believe my brother and my mom are the only two people that have not seen them and I'm like gonna force them to go yeah and my brother's fine he would he loves Andrew WK but yeah uh, 33 and a third they're all written by different authors um, you can find them online they usually run about uh, 10 to 15 bucks they're about 160 pages perfect airline book read perfect yeah. uh, airplane read um, I love that series so much Cool. All right. Well, Ian, thanks for coming on the show, man. It was good to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. Hopefully, next time I'm back, we can have a little bit more upbeat. Hey, this is fine. Yeah, you know, the last great, couple yeah. days have been very deep in the in yeah. this kind of uh, topic. So that's awesome. I'm glad that this will not. I I would always worry if this was like it was a whole bunch of yucks. And it's like, and now Ian's on, and we're going to talk about racism. Well, I mean, I, I like to find the yucks and all the in the darkness that we yes, talk about. No, but no, this was good. Thank you so much for having me. No problem, man. And we'll see you around.